You are listening to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. This is the Sheer, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Sometimes it's just a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Oftentimes it is a Sheer for the audience members to keep. You can listen to us on the iPhone app or the Android app at Sheer Enjoyment Radio. You type that in, you find the app, you download it, no problem. You could also listen to us on JRoot Radio. You could listen to us on the Naki Go app or the Naki Radio itself in the portal.nakiradio.com. You look for our channel, Sheer Enjoyment Radio, the power station on that and you can listen as well you could also call us at 520-453-8302 we are here usually on monday nights at 8 30 p.m eastern standard time obviously we're going to take a break next week as per on here in 2023 we're going to take a break and come back after that god willing you could also listen to us after the fact on our podcast channel on tani talks radio life available on all podcast forums thanks to the wonderful hosting of jewishpodcast.fm you too can make a podcast there Email me and I'll help you through it, MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. You can listen to us on Yidpod or any available podcast forum besides for Tani Talks Radio Life. You could also listen to Tani Talks Perke Avos, Tani Talks Staff, Tani Talks Parsha, and Tani Talks OT besides for Tani Talks Radio Life on all podcast forums. So let's talk a little bit about gratitude. And I'm not just talking about the idea of please and thank you in the restaurant, which is Derek Eretz for sure to begin with but the idea of the overall concept there are some people that are ungrateful people to begin with as a whole not thanking anyone for anything i'm not talking about something that was done 20 years for you 10 years for you eight years for you in the moment currently every single day if something is done for you there's just a lack of basic manners and interestingly way back when when my wife and i were dating that was one of the first topics that came up as a shared value on one of our first dates if not the first date that of hakara sato of gratitude and thanking people this to me was a fundamental core value that is still today Today, lacking in society in in so many people the please the thank you seem to be sorely lacking in our modern era that it boggles the mind especially amongst children anyone that has ever helped you at all should always be thanked and if you thank them in the past that's great but it's a concept and it's an idea that should be carried forward into the future it is fundamental and core to our being as jews you who deem to do so the key meaning the word hode or thanks. Where does the word idea of hode comes from? We're going to talk about this later. It's from Leah. Leah was the first one to actively thank Hashem, to actively say thank you for Hashem. We know that there were four imahos married to Yaakov. There was Leah, there was Rachel, there was Bill and Zilpah, and each of them thought they were going to have three kids because there were supposed to be 12 boys born and it was a known prophecy that there's supposed to be 12 boys so each one thought they would get three when leah started having a lot of kids everybody was in danger of not having any kids so once leah had three you know she thought she had her share and then she had the fourth one then she felt indebted to hashem to thank hashem because it was above and beyond what she thought everyone was gonna have because they were supposed to be three 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 but she got the fourth and that is our fundamental trait we are called yehudim which is from the root of hod the root of thinking we are called yehudim which means to think we're supposed to be thankful people in general (laughs) 
Sorry, just had to make sure to take care of the baby. She's going through the teething stage, so we wanted to make sure that she feels calm and comfortable. Sorry about that. But when we think about the idea of Yehudim, we think about the idea of Hod and Hoda. It comes from Leah. She had three kids, and then when she got to her fourth kid, then she felt like she was able to fully express some gratitude express some hoda and again i apologize if it sounds a little quiet on the phone there is an earpiece god willing a a wireless earpiece coming once we switched over the phones from the panasonic that was old and broke one of them broke we switched over to an at&t headset ha- uh, handsets excuse me one for each floor and we're waiting on the earpiece to come hopefully once you're listening to this in podcast land and in the future hopefully we'll correct that and it'll sound much better but anyway, we're talking about the idea. It comes from Leah Hod, Hoda'a, to think about thanking people. It really comes from them. Interestingly, my son's school had this idea once upon a time to do Gratitude Week. And it came out, you know, when I was thinking about this concept in the past. It's definitely not a coincidence. It's a good idea for schools and families to have activities related to this theme. Thank you, science, for a mailman or garbage man. Money given to workers in hospitals, gifts for soldiers protecting us and the like. Kids need to see us do it, though, because kids learn through seeing the actions of parents and adults much more than what we say. I could talk till I'm blue in the face, but it's what kids see me do. It's what kids see others do, what they really learn from. Do as I do, not as I say. Do as I do, not as I say. If kids... See Hakara Satov model behavior with actions and words, they will do so as well. So when we get groceries and we get it delivered oftentimes and I say thank you to the delivery person, then my child also, my children also say thank you and bring in all the groceries as he sees I do one by one item. He's grateful we have the items brought and wants to help. We can make it into a game. We can make it playful. How many workers can you say thank you to before me that want to do so even more? The question is, where does this value come from? Where is it and why is it so important? We're going to look at the idea itself in a person. But let's think about the idea in general. Lahavda Lahavdom, columnist Wall Street Journal, Melinda Beck, talks about how adults who feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, and more happiness than those who do not, according to studies conducted over the past decade. They're also likely to be less depressed, envious, greedy, or alcoholics. Lahavdom, Rabbi Friend explains on Torah.org, he saw a beautiful insight in the Avudraham. When the Chazan says Modim, the congregation recites a prayer known as the Rabbi's Modim, Modim Darabanan. Why is that? Why is it that we, when we say Modim, then others say Modim Darabanan? Why is that? The Avudraham says that for all blessings in the Shemona Esra, we can have an agent. For heal us, for Fa'inu, for bless us, Baruch Halina, with a good year, and so forth, we can have a messenger. The Shaliach Sibur can say the blessing, can say the bracha for us. However, there is one thing that no one else can say for us. We must say it for ourselves. That one thing is thank you. Hoda has to come from ourselves. You can't say it for someone else. Oh, Sam says thank you. Sam wanted me to tell you thank you. It doesn't work. It doesn't feel the same. It's not the right effect. It's not the right outlook and it's not the right aspect. It doesn't really come from the heart it doesn't really work for the person we must say it for ourselves that idea of thank you that idea of hoda has to come from within ourselves no one 
No one can be our agent to say thank you. Or Nava talks about, and I believe it's connected to the rabbi that was recently lost in the past, his Neshama should have an Aliyah, Rabbi Wallerstein, or Nava.com slash Hakara Satov, a very interesting phrase and, and, and a statement to think about, very interesting words to think about. You lost your home, God forbid we should never know from such things, but your family is healthy. You misplace your car keys, but you do own a car. Your children are exhausting, but you do have children. Shift the focus. Join the movement. Reap the benefits. The bills are staggering in the home, but Baruch Hashem, you have a home. The cards are maxed out, but Baruch Hashem, you have the cards to buy all that stuff to begin with. Your kids are cranky, but Baruch Hashem, you have kids. Your wife is coming in a few minutes. Baruch Hashem, you have a wife. You know, you have all of these bills, Baruch Hashem, you have these bills, you have to pay the heat so that you can have heat in the house, you pay the water because you have water in the house, can you imagine, God forbid, if you didn't have that? I could tell you, when things malfunction, how distressing, how stressful it was in the beginning, in the first couple of years, I kept having problems with the flooding, with the laundry, and only like a couple of years ago did we realize that the whole system was put in wrong, I had to hire a guy to switch out the whole sump pump system to make an ejector pump system instead, and... You know, that was a major, major problem. And uh, Baruch Hashem, it was hopefully, hopefully, hopefully fixed. You know, Leonor, Leonor, everything should always be good. And, you know, that was a major thing. And one time, the or a few times, the laundry got stuck. And without these things, we don't think about it. We're not really understanding how much we need things until they break, how much we miss things until we don't have them, God forbid. That's always the sad thing. I never really knew how much I'd miss him until he was gone. God forbid we should never know from such things. We should appreciate the things we have now. Be gratuitous and be grateful for the things we have now. My wife and I are reading a book. I read it now. She's reading about the premise how someone married the person. He passed away. We should never know from such things, but she didn't realize how good she had it until he was gone. She didn't appreciate him. Apparently, it might not have been the best shidduch because they didn't have that, you know, underlying connection. And she finds someone else in the end of the book. Spoiler alert. But we should never know from such things. Appreciate what you have now. Before it breaks, before it goes missing. Oh, man, why, why, why? You know, these different things. And we should not have to know from such things. Appreciate the fact if you have a home, you should be blessed to all have homes. If you have a car, you should be blessed to have a car. Have a spouse, blessed to have a spouse and to have children, we should all know from only good things. Shift the focus. Join the movement. Reap the benefits. Devarm points out in the Chaf, in Perak Chaf, Pasik in in Parakhaf Gimma Pasikhat. Lo Sesaiva Domi ki Achicha Hu he Lo Sesaiv Mitri Kigir Hayisab Art so Lus Lo Sesaiv Mitsirashi points out Mikolvachom Afal Pisha Zarku Zahur Bayor Matam Sha Hayu Lachem Achsanya Bishasad Chak. So you can't hate the Ad Edomite. He is your brother. You cannot Instigate against the Mitzri, he was your basically host when you were in Mitzrayim, Rashi points out. Even they did terrible, terrible, horrific things. They were still our host when we were guests in a difficult time, having gratefulness to them, having gratitude to them, even if they did terrible things. The Mitzrayim. And then Bamidbar points out in Lamaralf, Nikom Nikmas B'nei Yisrael Me'es Hamidyanim Achar Te'asif So you got to get 
revenge against the Midianim. And the Tanchuma points out, Hashem says to Moshe, Nekom Nekonas, Bnei Yisrael, Atab Asmachal, you yourself have to take the revenge. V'hu Meshalech Acharim, Acharim, Al Shetiskad, Shetiskad B'Midian, Amar Eino Dinsha, Ani Metzer Lahem, Sha'asu V'Tova, Hamashal Amar, Be'er Shashasis M'Menemayim, Atizrok Bo'evin. Hashem says that you have to make sure that it is taken care of, but you have to send others to Moshe. Why? Because Moshe was hosted by Midian. You can't go against Midian. If they hosted you, they took care of you in your time of need. So they, the rock, they bear the well that you drink from, you can't throw stones into it. You have to make sure to have that idea. When we think about the Pesach Haggadah, we know it's coming up in less than two months, not to scare anyone, but the end of a Dayin, it talks about in the Pesach Haggadah, Shehotziyon mi Mitzrayim v'asah v'hem shvatim v'asah v'elokeim v'aragas b'chareim v'nasalonos mamonom v'karlonos hayan v'hemvirim b'socha b'charavosh v'shikat sarchein v'sochom v'sibik sarcheinu b'midbar arba'im shana v'echelonos amon v'nasalonos ha-shavos v'kervanu l'fnei ar-sinem v'nasalonos ha-tor v'chitsan al-ar-tisro and when it comes to the idea that Dayenu shows us at each level we should be grateful to Hashem for, not only did He take us out, not only did He give us rulers, not only did He get rid of the the the, the bad Mitzrayim against us, not only did He give us the mum the man, not only did He separate the sea for us, not only did He take care of all these things, each single thing is worthy of praise to Hashem, but each one has to be enumerated to. Hashem. And then JC.com points out, a modern-day example is the late Rabbi Yisrael, Zev Guzman, head of Yeshiva Netzach Yisrael, who used to water the bushes in front of the Yeshiva. For when fleeing Vilna, he had hidden beside and behind some bushes and always felt a debt of gratitude to them, be it in them. In Vilna or Yerushalayim, neither Moshe nor Rabbi Guzman created water bushes with the will to choose the same way. They recognize that to destroy or disregard something that once helped you is indeed a base trait. He had hidden behind bushes when he fleeing Vilna. He always felt a debt of gratitude to them wherever he was. So he credited the water of the bushes. He watered the bushes to take care of them because they took care of him a long time ago. We know the opposite of Hakarsatov is that of Kafoitov, not giving gratitude where it's supposed to be. We know the first one to do this is Adam when he was given Chava, he threw her under the bus when Hashem takes him to task for eating from the fruit or from the item that he wasn't supposed to. From Bereshis. And Rashi says, Here is Kafoy Tov. And then the beginning of Sefer Shemos points out, Yayakam Melach Chadash Al Yosef. This king that comes about in Mitzrayim, how could it be that he didn't know Yosef? How could it be that he didn't recognize Yosef's contributions? Yosef was one of the longest rulers in history. He ruled in Mitzrayim for 80 years from when he was 30 until he passed away at 110. How could it be that king was there? So one explanation, of course, is it was the same king who didn't appreciate or recognize what Yosef did. That which you have done for me now, lately syndrome, this short-term memory versus long-term memory loss. The Tosos on Shabbos points out, Hanosin matana If someone gives a gift, you gotta 
recognizing how to talk about it. Basically, when you're given a gift, you should thank the person for a gift. If you're given tzedakah, it might be better to be done b'seser in sinna in private. And Rabbi Hanina points out that talking from the world without thanking Hashem is also lacking in this stream. And Brachos 35b also points out, anyone who derives benefit from this world without a blessing, without Brachos, it's as if he stole from Hashem and the community of Israel. <coughs> Rabbi Yosef Telushkin points out in the Book of Jewish Values 418, he says that there are people who never, who would never think of leaving a taxi or a restaurant without thanking the driver or waitress or leaving a generous tip. But they are sometimes far stingier with grateful words than those who do the most to enhance their lives, their spouses, their kids, their friends, their community members. They suffer from an inability to express love and gratitude to thank those dear to them for specific favors and kindnesses. But the key point is that he's assuming, he's assuming already that people will always thank the driver and leave a tip. But unfortunately, that assumption is incorrect nowadays, is faulty nowadays, because most people do not do that, in my opinion. You know, my wife and I, when we get to go on dates throughout our many years together, Baruch Hashem, we should be zochah for many years, I may have some shana. Sometimes you could spot and you could see different couples, different families who literally don't say a word to the waiter or waitress, don't say a word to the owner and walk out as if they're entitled, as if they are expected to be wine and dine and served. And they don't even say anything to anyone and they just leave and it's like a bitter taste in the mouth. Whereas many people do think one person one time, I believe we should go above and beyond. If you're in a restaurant, you're in a place, and they and they did anything to help you, you should say thank you not once or twice, but to each person you can, to the maitre d' who sat you, to the waiter who served you, to the cook who cooked the food, and to the owner who's behind the, the store, behind the, the counter. Each person you could be thanking. And of course, if you have a taxi ride, thank you so much for your service, and if you could tip them, that would be great. And any person that, that helps in any way, the security guard, when we're, when we're walking to pick up, a lot of people don't even speak to him, don't recognize him, and don't talk to him. You know, we just gave five minutes of our time to talk to him. Do you know we learned fascinating things about Mr. Joe? He tells us that he used to work in a, a maximum security prison, I think uh, one of the ones around. Nobody would even know that, but you just give five minutes of the time. Thank you for watching our kids. Thank you for watching the building. I'd much rather work with these kids than any of my previous occupations. Fascinating. All you have to do is say thank you, you know, and um, we appreciate your work, and you can learn fascinating things about another person. You know, you talk to the, the crossing guard. You talk to these other people. Some people don't even say thank you, let alone even find out their name. Like, it's a really simple thing. To speak to a person when you call on the phone, I've done this many times, especially customer service. Hi, how are you today? Thank you for helping. What is your name? That takes you maybe 15 seconds. Hi, how are you today? Thank you for helping. What is your name? Not only do you introduce the call into a more pleasant tone, a more pleasant aura, a more pleasant surrounding, which you'll probably be more successful with whatever your complaint is or whatever your need is because you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar a very famous phrase i talk about all the time from a, a video my wife grew up watching from we sing lahabdil 
it's better to use niceties and to talk nicely and calmly. You'll get a lot of things more more things done. And when you talk to a person and ask them their name, you're making the conversation more human. You're making it more relatable and more interactable and more down to earth. It's a very simple thing, but so many people fail to think of doing such a thing. So many people are lacking in basic decency and honor. They, they expect to just talk to the person. A lot of people yell at them, berate them. I'm sure it doesn't accomplish much. Listen, I've been many times where I had to fix it myself, you know, in the past, Caller D wasn't working. I had to call the same company six times. And by number four, five, six, I was getting very frustrated. It took a lot of self-control to try to keep the niceties each time. But I will say one of the customer service people told me, and I told my wife right away, I need you to do one thing for me, Tanny. They don't always say my name right. I need you to do one thing for me, Tanny. You have to make sure to have a smile on your face the rest of the day. Can you do that for me, sir? And I thought that was a very interesting thing because... You know, it's a customer service person. They don't have to make it a nice call. But when you introduce the call in a nice way and you try to interact and you say, what's your name? And and thank you for your time. Thank you for your help. That's the reciprocation you could get from a simple gesture, from a simple thanking, from a simple interaction of gratitude and interaction of basic decency, basic derech eretz. And that person can give you such a bracha to have, even if it's from a non-Jewish person, such a bracha to have the rest of the day. But this over here, this rabbi is assuming that people already do this, that they would never think of skipping out without leaving a tip. But that's not the way it is nowadays. I don't know what is up with the air and the water and the world, but there's a basic lack of these things, especially in children, which is why we have to work extra hard with our own children, everybody should be zocha, to have that ingrained into them for themselves. Every gr- single gratitude act or every single word of gratitude we do leaves a spiritual imprint on us, makes us more grateful and kind people. Every single act of gratitude, a word spoken of gratitude, fine-tune us into more grateful people by nature. This is like what the Rambam explains in Perkyelos 3.15, Gimel Tedvav, about charitable acts. Of course, we have the Tani Talks Perkyelos show, Shir, where we do one Mishnah a day for the school year. We're now in the middle towards the end, really, of Perak Dalad. But back in 3.15, Ramam himself talks about the idea of how can you donate. And it's not just with your money, especially people who are strapped and are lacking in the money, but you can do it with your words, with your time, with your resources, with your ability. What if you happen to have a 1,000 gold coins? How should you give it out? What should you do for it? It's a very, very, very famous example. When a man gives a thousand gold coins at one time to one man to whom it is fitting and he does not give anything to another man, the trait of generosity will not come into his hand, and I would apply this to the trait of gratitude, with this great act, as much as it will come to one who donates a thousand gold pieces a thousand times and gives each one of them out of generosity. So you have a thousand coins. You could either give a thousand coins to one person or you could give one coin to a thousand people. The Rambam says you give it one coin to a thousand people because each repeated act of generosity a thousand times is a strong acquisition of this trait for this person. And it gives him the ability to do that. And I feel like it works for many different aspects. I feel like it works for gratitude, too. If you could have one huge thank you given to one mora in the school or one therapist or one teacher or, or one person in the company, that is a great act in one time. But what if there was a way that you could do gratitude, a simple act of gratitude, time and time again in a simple way? Each time you do that gratitudous act, and again, I make up these words, each time you do that gratitudous act, it changes your soul. It changes your neshama. 
So it's simple. Next time you go to pick up, next time you go to pick up your kid, you go to pick up your coffee, you go to pick up your car, anything you do, look at the person, say, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate the work you did for the car, for example, the mechanic, or thank you very much for this coffee. It was a real needed pick me up. What's your name? Thank you so much, James. I really appreciate making up the name. I really appreciate this coffee. It's a real pick-me-up. Next time you go to pick up your kids, look at the security guard and thank them for doing their job because they don't have to do their job and they don't have to do their job in a good way. We hope that they do it in a good job, in a good way. But thank them for their service and thank the crossing guard. They don't have to do it, even if they're volunteering or even if they're paid. You know, people could do it in a good way or a bad way. And I know the crossing guard by us you know, that she smiles and she gets them across and she's happy to do her job, just like the security guard we talked about earlier as well. Any person, you go to the bank, the teller, the dry cleaner who does your clothing, even the 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 teller or whatever the word is, the person who checks out your food at the supermarket, thank you so much for helping me out today. The guy has a lot of people that goes to the store. Let's say Mike, you know, I went the other day to the supermarket and at the checkout line, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people to, to check out and to get through. But I like to say thank you so much. What's your name again? Thank you so much, Mike, for helping us out. I will tell you a classic example of the story, and I've used it many times over the years, over all this year and all the shows, is the gas attendant who was found bawling one day. And people were wondering, why is he so upset? What happened? It turns out that the gas attendant found out that a beloved rabbi in the community passed away. And the question was, what's the shaykhus? What's the connection? What's the relevance of this gas attendant to this rabbi? Why is he so shaken up? Why is he so sad? And it turns out that the rabbi, every single time he would go to the gas, to go fill up the gas, he would make it a point to go back to the station, no matter where he was or coming from, coming to or going from, he would go to this station and try to find that gas attendant on purpose because he wanted to see and check how the gas attendant was doing. Not only did he say, thank you so much, let's call him Charles. Thank you so much, Charles, for filling up the gas. Now you gave me the needed impetus that my, my car needs to go pick up my wife, to pick up my kids to get around to work. He would talk to Charles and ask him how he's doing. Charles might not have had family or, or a wife or kids and might have been in a funk, might have been in a dark place. Every Tuesday or whatever, when Charles would come to fill up his gas, he would thank the attendant profusely, sincerely, politely, and would talk to him and give him a couple of minutes. But those minutes to this Charles was such a golden opportunity, such a bright spot in his day, that when he heard that Rabbi X, I forget who it was, when Rabbi X passed away, he felt broken and downtrodden because the one person that invested his time just to get gas, just to thank him for his gas and interact, made a profound difference in his life. And he feels the lack. Who's going to talk to me? Who's going to thank me? Who's going to come and encourage me and interact with me on those two Tuesdays now that the rabbi is no longer here. And how much time did that take out of the rabbi's life? How much energy, how much money did it take besides for the 40 or $50, whatever, filling up the gas tank? That is a small act that had a profound difference. And we can all do that. All we have to do is find simple ways, easy ways to be gratitude-filled in our lives and when the society is lacking, it's really anger-provoking because you see that people just are lacking in this quality in so many ways and it's become a much more cold world, a much more aloof world, a much less warm place. And it's such a simple way to fix it. You know, the, the Gemara talks about that the, 
Mikdash was destroyed, one of the Mikdash, because of baseless hatred. A simple way to fix that is to put baseless love in. I talk about this all the time, many different shirim. Ahavaz Chinam starts with having motzi shem tov, with having lashan tov, using good words, using good intonations and good interactions and whatever you do. What a simple way to put more Ahavat Chinam into the world. If the destruction happened because of a lack of of love because of baseless hatred, then wouldn't the solution the Chavetz Chaim points out would be baseless love? And how can you do that? Being involved in beautiful interactions, beautiful warm words where you just talk to other people and thank other people and give gratitude to other people no matter what they do for you. And especially if it's in the present, again, not talking about 20 years ago, focusing on the present, the here and now, especially whatever way that they heard the people. Again, it started from the mother of the child that gives the shorish to our name, Yehuda. It comes from Leah in Bereshis Chavtes, Vatahar Od Batelid Ben Vatomer, Hapam Odes Hashem. Hapam Odes Hashem. That's probably where it comes from, that song. Na 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 na, thank you, Hashem. It's based on this pasta, because Leah is talking about this time. I'm thinking Hashem. That's why I'm calling him Yehuda. That's why our essence of Jews are Yehudim. The essence is hoda'ah, of hoda, thinking. Hashem thinking others. If a person goes around and is a thankless creature, especially as a Jew, we're wondering, where is the shorish? Where is the root? Where is the soul to this person? We're missing the main element of this aspect. And Brachos points out that from the time of creation until Leah said this, there was no person who actively went to Hashem to thank Him for something. That's why it says, Hapam Ode Es Hashem. There was no one that thanked Hashem until this point. This time I'll, think, I'll give thanks to God. This time. Because I've assumed more than my share, as we pointed out from Leah. The idea is that all the different things, all the different ways we have to be thankful for. That's why Moshe was not able to strike the water. He wasn't able to strike the land for Tzifardea and for Kinim, as we talk about in Shemos and as we talk about at the Seder. Again, a few months away, not to scare you. The Pesach is sort of on the way in the rearview mirror. Moshe himself wasn't able to do this. You think the water has feelings, you think the land has feelings, but it's to teach basic gratitude to ourselves. Moshe teaches us that the water played a role in saving him. The the sand covered up the guy that he killed. You have to have gratitude to that. And that's why my wife tells me often throughout all these years, it's better to give more respect to the clothing. The clothing gives you warmth. Hashem gives you clothing to keep you warm. Don't throw the clothing. Don't mishandle the clothing. Don't rip the clothing. Don't tear the clothing. Try not to get stains on the clothing. That's why it doesn't make sense to me. When people will, a guy will buy pants that purposely have holes, that makes no sense. And pay more for that in, in any case. And that's why the clothing also, by the way, on a side point, it should be fitting in the right way, as befitting a, a nobility of being a prince and a princess of Hashem, not making yourself out there in different ways. The clothing also should be given the respect. That's why when David Melech is being chased by Shaul, which is a whole crazy story by itself, he was his father-in-law, he was the king, David was the heart player to him, David was married to him, his daughter, so... When David sees that he could have killed Shaul, what does he do instead of killing Shaul? And I'm wondering what the alternate would have been so that he shows him that he could have hurt him without touching the clothing. I don't know. 
the commentators can take that up. But David goes and he rips off the clothing. The consequence to that, and he shows Shaul, see, I could have harmed you, but I didn't. See the clothing? The consequence to that, not giving the gratitude to the clothing, is that the clothing did not help him, but failed him in the end of his days. In Malachim Aleph, Perak Aleph, it shows, Vehamelech David Zakein Baba Yamim, and then it says that David was very cold. He couldn't get warm from the clothing. It was basically Mida Kenegan Mida. David showed a tiny lack of respect on some level for the clothing when he was much younger. So when he's much older at age 70, the clothing doesn't help him. The clothing fails him and he gets cold and he has to go about a whole search to find a different way to be taken care of. The Torah teaches to show gratitude even to inanimate objects like water and earth and the clothing. Surely we must show gratitude to our fellow human beings for different things that happen in our life. You know that Moshe also teaches us gratitude in another way. Yisro takes in Moshe for countless years. I can't remember how many years offhand. He gives him a daughter to marry, and yes, and Moshe says, I cannot leave Midian without Yisro's blessing. Yisro took me in. For these years, he gave me a wife. I can't leave without telling him, without informing him. I kind of told him that I'll let him know when I have to go. Now I have to go to Yusro, and I have to say goodbye to him before, and then Yusro says, go to peace. Moshe said, I can't leave. Yisro welcomed me in. He treated me with kindness. I cannot leave without his permission. That's why it says Moshe went and returned to Yusro, his father-in-law, and then he was able to leave. This is the idea of giving thanks for different things. Moshe didn't need anything from Yisro anymore. He's the king of the nation. He's the leader of the nation. But Moshe still went back to ask permission from Yisro because Yisro took him in, into his house, into his home, and he took care of him. We think about the idea of showing gratitude to those around us. David says in his last will and testament, which, by the way, sounds like a very, very strange last will and testament. He's talking to Shlomo, who's 12 years old, about to take on the throne from David, his father. Malachim Aleph Perak Bet. It's the it's the consequence. The Haftorah to my Bar Mitzvah Parsha by Yechi. So one of my favorite Haftorahs, obviously, is this. David tells Shlomo to live varzilai hagiladi tasa chesed v'hayu be'olchale shulchanecha ki kain karavu elai bivarchi mipnei avshal machicha. A very dark period in David's life. His own son is chasing him, wanting to kill him, wanting to take over the rulership. I don't know if Absalom actually wanted to kill him or not. We know that it was a very difficult stage in, in David's life, although, of course, he was considered as being the ruler. So when he's fleeing from Absalom, this guy, Barzillai, his family, takes in David. He took care of him. He gave him what to do. He was a supporter of David in one of his most difficult periods. So David says, Show the gratitude. Show the Karasatov. Put him at your table, Shlomo, because you're grateful that he took care of your father in a time of need. We think about when we wake up, the first thing we say when we wake up is the gratitude element. I offer thanks to you, Hashem, the living eternal King. You have mercifully gave me back my soul. Within me, your faithfulness is great. The Orchos Chaim points out that the Rosh Altihi Kafuitov Vekavit Al Kol Mi Shepasach Lecha Pasach Levakish Divisipokecha. Anytime anyone does any small thing for you, especially in your current present life, make sure to acknowledge them and to thank them. Orchos Chaim points out here 
Do not be oblivious to the good that others do for you. Acknowledge even those who do something as simple as opening a door for you. Train your children to acknowledge other people's kindnesses by always saying thank you or making some other obvious gesture such as nodding or waving an appreciation to a driver or stop for them at a crosswalk. The very first thing we do when we awake every morning is to say the words Moda'ani, thanking Hashem for giving us back our souls in our bodies. Hakar Satov is fundamental to Torah in Derech Eretz. Rav Nachman of Breslov points out, gratitude rejoices with her sister Joy and is always ready to light a candle and have a party. Gratitude doesn't much like the old corners of boredom's despair and taking life for granted. Interesting I made a connection a couple of years ago between two words, granted and gratitude. The first three letters of the words are the same, G-R-A. What changes is something interesting. They share a T and an E as well, but the difference is in the NITU. The difference is in the N-I-T-U. The letters that separate the two words, if you speak it out, it is basically saying an I to you with a selfish attitude of why should I help you? Why should I thank you? When you take things for granted, you feel you're owed things and you deserve things. But having gratitude is taking the selfishness, the N I to you, N I to you, out of your own attitudes, appreciating others for what they do for us, not what we selfishly do or need for others, but thanking others for what they do for us. The idea is that we have to follow in Hashem, as the Rambam points out to us. He is gracious, so you should be gracious. He is merciful, so you should be merciful. You should do what you can to keep these elements in your life. Brachos 58.8 points out, Adam had to do a lot to get bread. He had to plow it. Actually, he had to make sure to, to have the seeds and put them in. Then he plows it, he sows it, he reaps it, he sheaves it, he threshes it, he winnows it, he separates it, he grounds it, and he sifts it, kneads it, and bakes it, and then... He eats. And the Tana in the Gemara is talking about how he wakes up, he finds all these things prepared for him. How much effort did Adam have to make just to get a piece of bread? How much effort did he have to do to get a piece of clothing? He sheared, he laundered, he combed, he spun, he wove it. And then he found a garment to wear. But here, this Tana wakes up and finds it prepared for him. How much more? So nowadays, you literally go to a store and the whole thing is done. You know what the process was from start to finish to get that item? Probably a lot, a lot of labor, a lot of work. So he says the good thing is to think about it, to be grateful for all these aspects. You have two guests that come to a home, Benzoma would say. A good guest, what does he say? How much effort did the host expend on my behalf? How much meat did the host bring before me? How much wine did he bring before me? How many loaves did he bring before me? All the effort that he expended, he expended only for me. Do you know what a bad guest says? What effort did the host expand? I ate only one piece of bread. I ate only one piece of meat, and I drank only one cup of wine. All the effort that the homeowner expended was only for him, for his wife, for his kids. He's selfish. He gave me only one thing anyway. It's a lack. It's a shift in the attitude, as we looked at before. Shifting the thought process and understanding that there was a lot of expenditure. There was a lot of work, a lot of toil, a lot of labor, a lot of love that went into the food, that went into the meals, that went into the accommodating for you to come. It's not just about saying thank you and being full of gratitude, but we should also be specific in what we thank for and detail each item we are thankful for. Thank you for everything you did. 
is not as powerful as saying thank you for helping me set up the phone. Thank you for helping me learn how to dial the phone. Thank you for helping me look at the app. Each thing in specific. Thank you for everything is a little bit of a, of a cop-out. It's a little bit of a cheapskate way to get out of the thing. So if you say thank you for everything you did for me versus thank you for X, thank you for Y, thank you for Z, it's much more powerful, it's much more effective, and it's much more awesome to do it in that right way. If we get used to things, we take it for granted as well. We don't think about or realize it is special rain living next to a supermarket or living next to the shul, living with the with your spouses, with your kids, with your job. Don't take it for granted. Understand each day. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for dating me. Thank you for engaging me. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you for having kids with me is actually something I've said to my wife over the years. And I think we should all say it all the time would be an interesting thing because when we don't say it, we take things for granted. It's not appreciating and understanding and living with the moment. Realize it's special. Realize these things in life are special. Thank the Hashem for different things also. Thank you, Hashem, for giving me this opportunity. First, you could thank Hashem, and then you could thank the person who Hashem sent as the agent to give you the opportunity. But when we do that, the gratitude can pour out. Understanding that each aspect, each part, is something that can help us and that could contribute, that could be part of our life. The whole idea of the carbon toda, why do we do that? Every day we have to bring a carbon toda because we thank Hashem each day for life, for different things in life, for different aspects to life. It's something that will be around, and we should be zochah that the Bektish comes around again and we have the karbanos, but it shows that we thank Hashem. We look at the idea of modim, we talked about earlier, Modem Jerobana, what are we saying? We thank you, Hashem, our rock, our salvation, our shield. Generation to generation, we recount your praise for our lives. We trust our lives into your hand. Our souls are in your custody, and your miracles are with us every day. Your wonders and your goodness are with us at all times, evening, morning, and noon. You are good. Your mercies never fail us. You are compassionate. You are loving kindness, and we place our hope in you. You think about the different brachos also for lightning, for thunder, for rainbow, for earthquake, for ocean, for beauty, for strange things, for interesting things, for beautiful things, the trees bloom, the Torah scholar, the king, the lots of Jews together. If a life is saved, if you see a destroyed shul, a restored shul, scene of a miracle, or if you see a place where a person was saved from danger, if you hear good news, you hear bad news, new fruits, new garment, shechiana before, after fruit, Rosh Hashanah, night blessings, bris, pity, and wedding blessings, ceremony. There's so many blessings we say to try to cultivate within us the idea to have this gratefulness, to have this gratitude, to have this this akaras hatov that comes all the way back from Lamb. You think about the morning blessings, we talk about the talas, how we're enveloped in Hashem's presence. Thank you for enveloping us in your presence. We say it on tzitzis. Thank you for helping us and guiding us to remember all the mitzvahs and to run after you, Hashem, with mitzvahs. We think about the tefillin, how we wrap ourselves and bind ourselves to Hashem. Thank you for letting us bind ourselves to you with mitzvahs and with chesed. Think about the idea of Torah and the hands and bathroom. The bracha of Asher Yatzer, by the way, is fascinating. Do you know? God forbid, how difficult it would be if even one minute the digestion system went awry. You know how much excruciating pain Lahavdil, Avimelech's servants were in when he took Avram's wife and the Medrash and the commentators talk about 
that nobody was able to go to the bathroom, how difficult that must have been. We should never know from such things. So to that effect, the Havdil, on each level I found this beautiful Asher or blessing from the Waterdale. They have this really, really cool, beautiful, lucite kind of a plasticky glass feeling Asher and I put one up outside the upstairs bathroom, outside the main floor bathroom, and outside the downstairs bathroom because I want the kids to see and I want my wife and me to see and any guests that come. This is the bracha. It is a very beautiful bracha. Asher yatsar es adam bechachma obravo nekavim nechavim chalolim chalolim she'em yipaseach achad mehem o yisisim achad mehem e f sharles game lamolaf enech afilu shachas bracha d'ashem rafikol v'zorav v'asos. Hashem gives us all these aspects to our body that if any of them went awry for even a second. God forbid they were closed for even a second, we'd be in major, major trouble. Start with one bracha. Focus on one bracha. And maybe each day, each week, each month, focus on that bracha. Just analyze it a little bit. Think about it. Dwell on it for a minute or two. And maybe myself included, you know, how many people rush and, and unfortunately don't even think about the bracha, let alone say it, God forbid. But take time to say it with a little more kavana, a little more kavana. Think about what the brachas mean. Take one bracha. And think about how it affects us and what it really means that we could be grateful to Hashem. Hashem chose us. He gave us day and night. He made us Jews and not slaves. And He made a man. He made a woman. He gave us sight. He gave us clothing. He made us be able to freely move around that we're not bent over. He gave us earth and water. He gave us all our needs. He gave us the ability to walk. He gives us strength. He gives us splendor. He gives us actual gavura. And He takes the slumber away. There's blessing on mitzvahs throughout davening. Hashem literally... Gives us these beautiful things if we just think about what he gives us in each aspect and whether we see lots of Jews in one place. There are different types of blessings that we could think about to have that gratitude, to have that aspect to our lives. We're supposed to say a hundred brachos every day as David Amalek instituted many, many, many years ago. And if we were able to understand that we're all blessed, that we could be grateful for what we have. What is the most rich person? Perkevus teaches us in Dalad Alf, one of my favorite missions of all time. Ben Zoma Omer, Ezehu Ashir Hasameach Bechalko. Appreciate and be grateful for all we already have in order to be the most happy, to be the most content that we are able to understand when we eat, we should be satisfied, we should be grateful to Hashem for being able to eat. The idea of Viachalta Visavata. Think about the idea how we came out and we're only going to take. Mitzvot and Chesed with us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity, hopefully 120 years in this world, in a good world, hopefully that Hashem will give us, that we'll be involved in good things and wonderful things. We should be grateful for that. Observing shops, remember where we came from. Understand that we request things from Hashem. If He gives it to us, we should be happy with what He gives us. Understand that He gives us blessings of holidays. He gives us the idea of beautiful things and there are different shirim throughout the generations, different songs sung to thank Hashem for many things. We're waiting for the last year to be sung. Hopefully, speedily in our days, may that happen. Speedily in our days, may that day be today. But when we think about the idea of gratitude, we think about the idea comes from Leah. She was the first person to be grateful, to teach us that the essence of the Jew, the essence of our character, the essence of our being is that of gratitude. We need to think about how we could be involved in a proper gratitude. How can we be involved in the aspect to think about what we could do? We want to be involved in a life where it's a warm life, a beautiful life. And a simple way to do that is to bring the humanity back to conversations, to bring the idea of 
what can we do to bring the humanity back to ourselves, to our lives, the people we interact with when we talk to people, ask them their name. Think about a bracha every day or every week or every month that you could focus on. Think about different aspects of life to be grateful for and to teach kids to say thank you, to ask the name, to be involved. If we could figure out, maybe we could take the gur out of gratitude and make it into a completely new attitude minus the gur, and then we're left with the attitude. We could take the attitude of gratitude to put it in our life. It should be that this is what we can learn in this life. If we could just figure out how to bring it into our life. How can we see to bring it into life, to shift our focus, to be happy with what we have, to understand that this is a fundamental aspect to our lives, then hopefully the whole world could be better. And then we could bring Ahavat Chinam back day in and day out through the words we use, the interactions we have. Then we could finally be Zulcha for Mashiach to come and for the Beis Megdash to come. As we come to Purim, God willing, in just a few days, the idea is that we're so grateful to Hashem for saving us from a foe time and time again. We celebrate the day that Hashem took. We're grateful to Hashem. We're gratitude to Hashem that He made it a day that could have been evil to Yom Tov, Miyagon, Nasimcha. As we come to Purim in just a few days, keep it in mind that it shouldn't just be that we're so happy, we're so grateful, we're so joyous on Purim itself, but we should have it to permeate every day, every week, every year, and every month of every year. To take that feeling of joy that Hashem saved us then and He saves us now. He knew what was good for the now for the for us. Then He knows what good's for us now. Take the idea of gratitude, infuse it into Purim, which is coming up soon. Have a beautiful Purim. We hope you have a wonderful Purim. We hope you have a beautiful Purim. But take that aspect of gratitude, which is highlighted in Purim. We should bring it to our own life, to our own days. And if we were able to live in such a way, maybe we could finally be Zilcha, that the Avachinam allows us to rebuild the base of Megdash speedily in our days. And may that day, in fact be today. This has been Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.com. God willing, we'll be back. Blinedra in two weeks. Have a wonderful Freilich and Purim, and have a wonderful week here from Tani Talks Radio.